And like that one that Elijah had, it's going to be fulfilled or, you know, God's going to meet all my needs or, uh, or, uh, or um, uh, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Like there's, there's lots of different scriptures around healing, around provision, around restoration. Uh, and we just get that scripture, but we don't do anything with it. We just go, oh, I've got it. I've got it. It's going to happen. I've got it. I've had it. It's not the way it works. Once you've got it, that's the, that's the first step. The second step is you then have to begin to pray. You then have to begin to go, God, you said that you would do this. I'm calling on you. I'm, I'm exercising my faith, my trust, my belief that you will do what you said you will do. Elijah shows us that just because the conditions have been fulfilled doesn't mean it's going to happen. There's another story in, uh, in Daniel where it says Daniel realized by reading the scriptures that the 70 years of captivity were up and that God said at the end of 70 years, I will restore Israel back to its land. And he reads the scriptures and he goes, wow, all the conditions have been fulfilled. But he doesn't just get up and go, oh, great, we're going back, we're going back home. The conditions have been fulfilled. It's all done. No, it says that he then began to fast. He then began to earnestly call upon God and said, God, this is what your word says. Now we desire for you to do it. Now you must do, and we ask you to do what you said you would do. Activating their faith to bring about the promise of God. Every promise in the scripture is potentially ours. Faith is what makes that promise a reality in our life. When we begin to call on God and believe that he's, what he says will actually happen. So the first step, faith prays earnestly. The second step, faith is strong where there is no evidence. Faith is strong where there is no evidence. Last week, I talked about the difference between having faith in the circumstances and faith in God, and they're not the same thing. Uh, and if you want that message, you can go to C.C. Rosell on uh, podcast, and, and you can find the first part of this. But faith is strong where there is no evidence. So Elijah's praying, right? He's praying. He's down between his knees. He feels like he's got a breakthrough. He feels like something's happened. He feels like something shifted. He gets up and he goes. And he says, go and check on the horizon. They're looking for rain. Um, go and look towards the sea, he says to his servant. His servant goes up. His servant comes back and his servant says, there's nothing there. There's nothing. There's no indication of any improvement. There's no change. It's exactly the same as it was before. What does Elijah do? He goes, oh, well, it's not God's will. It's not God's will to do it. It's not God's will to make it happen. Let's all go home. I prayed and it didn't happen. No, he doesn't do that. It says that he continued to believe even when there was no evidence that anything had changed. Now, that's a, that's a challenging thing to do, isn't it? When we're believing for something, when we're praying for something, and we're looking Maybe we're praying for finances, for breakthrough, because we're looking to get a job or, and we're struggling financially. We're believing God for finances and we're looking at our bank accounts and we're looking at the, and, and nothing's changing. Well, it is changing. It's going down. <laughs> or we're looking, you know, there's something going on in our body at the moment and, and, and we're getting reports and we're praying, we're asking, but every time we go back to the doctor, it says, well, nothing's changed. It's exactly the same. Nothing's changing. Has anyone ever been in that situation where, you, where you're praying, you're believing, but nothing's changing? That's what Elijah was facing at this point. He's sending out his servant to say, go and check. I believe something's changed. And the 
and the, uh, the um, servant comes back and he says, nothing's changed. It's exactly the same as it was. Elijah felt like he'd had breakthrough, but there was nothing. It's a challenge when everything that we look at is telling us that nothing is changing. That everything is as it was and that your prayers are not working. There's nothing more challenging than that. But the lesson we learn from Elijah is that we must continue to believe. When the circumstances are saying nothing is changing, when all the doubters and all the unbelievers around you are saying, ha ha, nothing's changing. You know, you say you're praying, you say you believe in God, you say you've got this faith. I don't see anything. I don't see anything changing. I don't see your circumstances changing. I don't see anything happening. But the Bible says in, in a, a Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. Faith is believing before we see it change. Faith is trusting God when the circumstances haven't shifted. And the reality is when you've got nothing, but God, you've got everything you need to see a breakthrough. Because this scripture tells us that there was nothing happening at this point in time. Nothing is a good place to start when you've got God. You might say, I've got nothing. If you've got God, you've got everything you need to turn your life around. You've got everything you need to turn your finances around. You've got everything you need to turn your marriage around. You've got everything you need to turn your circumstances around when you've got God in your life. The God who is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask, all you think, and all you imagine. That's a good God. Number three. We've got seven minutes. Number three, faith says go again. So the servant comes back. He says nothing's happening. He thought something had happened. He expected something to happen, but nothing had happened. He says to his servant, go back. He goes back to prayer. He goes back to intercession. He's, he prays. He's calling on God. And he says to him again, go and check again. And it says he goes back. It says seven times Elijah said go back. Seven times. Not twice, seven times. He'd pray, he'd call on God, he'd fast. He was probably fasting. He was interceding. He was coming before God and then he'd say, I feel like something's changed, go. And his servant would come back and say, nothing's changed. How often do we give up? When we've prayed once, we've prayed twice, we've prayed three times, we've prayed four times, we've prayed five times. And God just doesn't seem to be answering. Circumstances don't seem to be changing. That job doesn't seem to be coming. That situation is not turning around. And yet, again, we learn from this story in the Bible that we must continue to go back to prayer and calling on God if we have the promise in His Word and belief in our heart that that thing can come to pass. We must keep going back to God. Um, Elijah was not allowing the circumstances to dictate the way he responded, his reaction. 
You know, oftentimes we are so led by our emotions. Um, emotions are not a great compass. Emotions are a good barometer, but they're not a great compass. Because emotions go up and down like a barometer. A barometer measures atmospheric pressure. And as the pressure, you know, when you're looking at the weather, you know, as the pressure goes up, the, the thing moves. And as pressure goes down, it moves. It just moves according to the, the pressure. Our emotions are like that. They go up and down depending on what's happening or something we hear or something. We say, oh, we're up and down. And that's okay. We're not called to be stoics and not have emotion, but we don't want to make our decisions based on our emotions. We make our decisions based on God's Word. Emotions will go up and down, but God's Word is the compass for our life. That's what will get us through in times of difficulty. You know, in... um, Sometimes we try things and they don't work either. You know, they fail. Uh, in business, in, in, uh, in certain investments we might do in our own world or certain steps we might take and it doesn't work out. And I don't know about you, but I find failing sucks. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like it. But it's really important that we don't allow ourselves to view failure of something that we try to do that that means we're a failure that we're a failure and everything I'm going to do is going to be a failure and therefore there's no point in me stepping out or trusting or doing any of these things because I'm a failure. Failure must be seen as experience. It's so important that we go, you know what, that was not pleasant. Uh, it may cost us some money. It may cost us some um, kudos. It may cost us a part of our reputation. But it's so important that we are able to get up again that we are able to get up again and go, you know what, I'm going to step out again. I'm going to trust God again. I, I'm not a failure. I've learned from this experience. You know, in Silicon Valley, <clears throat> so many startups fail. It's not even funny. I mean, we hear about the ones that succeed and how they become multimillionaires and, and all this stuff. And um, there's a guy by the name of Steve Blank, if you have an interest in startups and entrepreneurialism, you've probably heard of him, but he's he's been involved in either... Co-starting or an investor in eight major uh, startups, successful startups. Um, he's made billions of dollars, um, but he talks about um, one of his early failures. And he said he had a company that he started, and it was called. Oh, what did I, I wrote it down here. No, not MySpace. <laughs> uh, Rocket Science Games. So he's a, he's a young entrepreneur. He's in Silicon Valley. He's got a bit of kudos. He, he said he was full of himself. He got $35 million in venture capital to get his company. $35 million. He was on the, he was on the cover, he said, of uh, Wired magazine. And nine months later, he was bankrupt. $35 million of venture capitalist money gone. But he said, you know, one of the great things about Silicon Valley, and the reason it produces so many startups is because people understand that, that failure is learning. Failure is experience. And when people fail, they learn from that experience. He said the guys that lost $35 million investing in that startup made a billion dollars start investing in his next startup. The same guys. Invest, they didn't go, oh, this guy's an absolute failure. We're not going to give him any more money. They realize that it's a, it's a numbers game. 
You start things, they fail. You start things, they fail. You start this one, it works. Life's a lot like that. We start something, we try something, it doesn't work. We try something else, it doesn't work. We try something else, then we try something and it does work. It's so important that we don't allow the things that we try and do to then dictate or tell us who we actually are. What you do and who you are are completely different things. You are not you are not identified before God by what you do. You're identified before God by who you are. That's the difference. And so we must be able to go again. We must be able to step out again. We must be able to trust again. If we allow a failed relationship to dictate to us, you know, in our heart, if we don't get healing and we're not willing to step out again, then we will stay alone the rest of our life. If we're not ready to step out in business again, we'll allow that one failure to dictate our future for the rest of our life. We must be able to learn, to forgive, to ask for forgiveness, to repent, to get up and to go again in life. You must be able to keep going in life. Faith says, go again. Elijah said to his servant, go again seven times. And on the seventh time, something happened. And my last point as we finish up, faith believes for the big when only the small can be seen. In verse 44, it says, The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Sometimes we only see a little change. But faith believes for the big when only the small can be seen. The Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. And oftentimes, success in life, getting ahead financially, getting ahead in our marriage, is just little investments. You don't develop an awesome relationship by one great night out, although the big night out will be a great investment in your relationship. But one big night out is not going to make a marriage. It's all the little investments along the way. It's the little things that we say. It's the little things that we do. It's all the accumulation of marginal gains that create a great marriage. It's the same with our finances. Unless you win lotto, which is highly unlikely, if you look at the probability statistics, the way you can get ahead, the Bible says, is you just invest and you take steps little by little, little by little. Over time, you set yourself a goal and you discipline yourself to keep your finances on track and as you do that over time you'll become successful you'll you'll build wealth the bible says that's the way it works faith believes the big when only the small can be seen all i can see is a small cloud you might say all i can see is a small change hold on to that believe god trust in him say i know this can become something big this marriage that's struggling can actually become amazing this other relationship family friend relative or whatever where there's trouble and disconnection and who would ever believe within families there could be you know possible tension Um, and there may be just a small sign of restoration hold on to that say god i thank you even though it's a small thing right now i'm believing lord that it can be a big thing it can actually be an absolute fulfillment of your promises and your word even as we believe to see people coming to christ you know 
You see churches, you see some big churches, you see some, even with us here, and we're believing to reach the inner west and to see people come into Christ and lives transformed and marriages healed and made whole and all these desires and dreams. And we can look at our church and we can go, oh, you know, there's just not much here, not a lot of people. There's some people, there's enough people, but there's so many more people out there. And we can go, oh, we're not having any impact, we're not changing any lives, but the reality is we are. We are changing lives, one life at a time. Every life counts. Every person's important. Every word, every encouragement, every person that's transformed, everybody that receives Christ, every family that's restored is worth it. And when we add all those things up over time, 17 years this church has been going, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ, hundreds of marriages restored, hundreds of lives transformed. Hundreds of people water baptized. Hundreds and hundreds of lives transformed by the power of God. Little by little by little by little. We, we make marginal gains. We accumulate. We build. And when we look back, we see the hand of God bringing blessing and transformation, not just to our lives, but the lives around us. That's the way God works. That's how faith works. Faith just keeps going and going and going despite the challenges despite despite the, the the changing conditions despite all the circumstances that happen we just keep trusting God we, we keep turning up we keep believing we keep loving we keep walking and God does the rest amen let's